0: and i think on a global level molecules are being judged so often you hear sugar is bad water is good well water kills a lot of people there's hurricanes and tsunamis and drowning and floods right and so I think this labeling of molecules then leads to us labeling each other, and it all comes from a place of misunderstanding. We know that literacy and reading about the world helps us to understand each other, and I think molecular literacy is really an inherent tool, and that if we want to understand each other globally, if we can understand even molecules, and that molecules are neither good or bad, just like people are neither good or bad. I think that's really critically important to me. And, you know, if I can just achieve that goal where we're really cognizant of what a molecule is and that just like people, it can have good qualities and bad qualities, but not to label it or judge, I think we'll come to a better place of understanding with each other.
1: What's your sole purpose? It's what you came here to accomplish. It's also who you're meant to become so that you can make an impact by being yourself. We're all here to unlock our potential and create positive change in the world. Everything starts with you. One is not born into their purpose. One steps into their purpose. Were you born to do it? Let's find out together. Welcome to Born to Do It, a podcast about the positive change makers around the world. Today, we're going to be talking about education and making education fun. Yes, it is possible. We're going to be talking about comic books. We're going to be talking about playing games within the school space. We're going to be talking about chemistry. And I'm excited to introduce to you chemistry educator, Colleen Kelly, who has an amazing story to tell and amazing comic books to introduce. Hi, Colleen. Hi, how are you, Stella? I am doing fantastic. And we were just chatting before this episode that we're aligned with this Barbie pink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that, you know, pink is the color of the inner child. So I think this is going to be a very joyful yeah. conversation. <laughs> Born to do it, a molecular storyteller. That's probably not a title that many people recognize today, but it might just be a title of the future. As a molecular storyteller, what is chemistry, first of all? And what is chemistry in the everyday? Oh boy,
0: that's a great question. I I would say chemistry is just something that is everywhere. And if you can imagine molecules that are tiny little things that are invisible, but if you use your imagination, molecules are all around you and they're like little communities. Um, And we're all made of these little communities of molecules and they collaborate and work together and allow us to breathe or allow you know it to rain or all these kind of natural processes. And so we've got this sub world that we can't see that I, I, I hope we can understand better.
1: For many people though, chemistry is quite scary. <laughs> Why is it so <laughs> scary? Why has the education made it so scary to the young minds?
0: I agree that, that um, semester after semester when I have uh, students that I'm teaching come in, uh, they've been told that chemistry is scary. I spend an entire semester trying to debunk that myth and make chemistry accessible. So the genesis of where chemistry becomes scary is this kind of lore that mostly it's scary because it's invisible. Mm -hmm. And the invisible is easy to misunderstand. And so it's invisible and then um, there's some quantitative aspects to it, although I think they're overemphasized to kind of impact the lore that it's scary and impossible. But when you add numbers to something that's invisible and these conceptual and imaginative concepts, I think it puts people on their edge and, and like, what are you talking about? I can't do that. And, and biology doesn't encounter that because biology is not invisible for the most part.
1: Yeah. I found physics to be the most intimidating subject when I was at school, but chemistry was right there, next to it. <laughs> I love that you just described it. It's because it's invisible that it scares us. It's because we cannot fully understand it with our senses that it just makes us feel like we might make a mistake that will have consequences. How did you fall in love with chemistry?
0: I fell in love with chemistry, um, I think, through a path of reading. I'm a first-generation college student, so you know that means my parents did not go to college. I was not expected to go on in my education, nor was I expected to get good grades. Or you know, school was just school, just a place for a child to go. And so I read a ton of Agatha Christie mysteries, other kind of mysteries, and plowed through them and loved solving puzzles and loved mysteries. And when I um, arrived at my first chemistry class, I was about 15 or 16, I realized it was a mystery and the teacher was giving us puzzles to solve. And so I just started doing everyone else's homework because they they didn't love the puzzles as much as I did. So, you know, we're talking about born to do it. I mean, I would just sit for hours and do chemistry problems because it was like reading a great novel to me. There was no, I I don't know, there was no fear. There was no, I was just always in the flow state kind of doing that. So I wanted to go to college because I wanted to know more about chemistry specifically and found a way to do that. So when I got to university, I just kept doing that and just never stopped my entire life.
1: That's amazing. I mean, you simply found your calling and you just listen to that intuition. I want to learn more. I want to discover more. And it sounds like you were using that playful side that we all have access to, that creative space, the creative problem solver that guided you through, these, through the journey of life, through the adventure of life. But that is something that a lot of students go through, that process of this is boring. I'd rather be with my friends. And yeah. that is usually when they cannot find the joy in learning. That is when when they usually miss out on a lot of opportunities to understand the world around them, but also to understand themselves better so that when they go into the big scary world after school or after university, they know exactly how to apply what they've learned. And I think maybe you have created something that allows people to befriend these subjects Mm -hmm. by giving them names. So I'd love to introduce Poppy and Ray. (laughs) or watching after you know we record this but how did you come up with them how did they arrive into your own inner world so that you can channel them out
0: they arrived through necessity i started telling stories to my students so that we could bring some playfulness and joy into my classroom so i started with characters that i you know, used from Disney, for example, or Pixar or DreamWorks, I spent a lot of time talking about characters from Shrek or Winnie the Pooh. And they were they were doing quite well in my stories. And then they kind of evolved into Poppy and Ray, where I realized that I could come up with my own characters to really tell the stories I wanted to tell. So they came from that. And again, they were just a way for me to thematically bring the students back to the same characters, to bring them comfort, to bring them joy, and to kind of then launch a deeper understanding of chemistry just through these two characters.
1: I love that. I I did my master's in film and television, so you mentioning all of these animations is just getting my inner child excited. Mm -hmm. Did you find, as you were going through school and university, that there was enough creativity or were you the person that would kind of initiate that creativity in the conversations and in the rooms that you were in?
0: I definitely did. Uh, I was always making up scenarios in my mind about, and and sharing it with friends who I was studying with, you know, like this molecule is doing this. And, you know, imagine if like Tigger hopped into a tert-butyl bromide, what would that look like? Um, so I was always doing that. And so that's just the way that I made chemistry playful and fun in my mind for decades prior to creating this chemistry comic book series. And and I found that my friends, they became my friends who I was studying with and collaborating with and working with, hopped on that bandwagon. And we would just have tons of fun laughing about these ridiculous molecular scenarios that were character
1: based. Befriending the subject and befriending the people that are aligned around that same sole purpose so yeah i think you just dropped a very good keyword we had a lot of fun creating this i think when you find what you love doing what excites you what you can spend hours and when you find people as well that can do the same thing that's your niche that's that's the golden spell that's exactly where you need it in the world because that's where you're going to make the biggest impact with your talents with your unique perspective and your creativity has led to the amazing uh design of these characters as well because now you've brought these ideas to life they're living characters what is storytelling to you do you see this as you know the future of studying in some way the storytelling element yes i do so i i I use molecular
0: storytelling as a way to understand molecules, obviously, but through characters. The stories that are happening, like the story I think, yeah, that you have in front of you is the the case of the deadly dials. So going back to my roots, I loved mysteries so much that I made the comic books mysteries. So the little radio you see on the right, that's the mysterious MC who the readers have to figure out who is this talking 1930s radio and what messages is, is the radio giving out and who is MC. So there's all of that to make it playful and storytelling. And then the molecular part of it is the mystery solved through an understanding of the molecules or the chemistry that's involved in the comic book.
1: Who's your favorite character? I know this is a question that nobody wants ah. to hear. This, but it's like picking your favorite child, but who's the one that you feel the closest relationship with maybe? Well, definitely
0: Ray. Ray is modeled after my son, Ian, who is a surfer and also has very puffy hair like Ray. <laughs> and one thing I love about Ray that I don't think um, readers notice unless they really take a deep dive into my comic books and, and my graphics is you'll never see Ray's eyes. And so Ray has this great big puffy hair and he's a little bit of a surfer dude. Um, He loves to eat a lot of crazy concoctions like dipping donuts in cheese um, or a fondue. What I love about Ray more than his, those characteristics is I love that you don't see his eyes because he sees the world with his soul. Mm -hmm. And so Ray experienced the world through other senses. He's intuitive. He's feeling And in my stories, Ray sees the obvious. And what's ironic is he doesn't see anything because he doesn't have eyes. So he uncovers the mystery through feeling and, and intuitive learning. And I would love educators to understand in their classroom if they have a student who's intuitive and feeling to really listen and connect with that student because it's an alternative way of learning and seeing the world.
1: I love this. It reminds me of the Little Prince. Um, there's a quote: yeah. "The most essential is invisible to the eyes. It can only be seen with the heart." Yeah, and it's quite interesting that Ray's a surfer, and there's there's the wave. The wave symbolizes the emotions as well. So this is a character in the way that you visualize it that's very balanced emotionally. They can ride the wave of emotions and just find the positive in any situation, which um, is a very courageous aspect of. Any person in the real world. But uh, I love that it symbolizes that for the young minds that are also starting to learn about values in life. When we're learning about chemistry and physics and biology, we're also learning how to be human. So it's important that storytelling brings that element of values and responsibilities and soft skills because everything is connected. So I think you've created something that allows the students to also view themselves as maybe being even teachers within their little groups where they can em- empower each other to you know be brave or be spontaneous and turn the difficult moments into play. Because we tend to underestimate the young minds we, or the young humans, we tend to underestimate their ability to withstand difficulties and and maybe go through fear. Because school lasts maybe five hours, six hours, seven hours, and then you come back home and then you're watching the news. But we're not disconnected. We're always hearing what's happening in the world. And the world isn't always the greatest, the most peaceful place with wars and conflict and crimes. So school really is a place where you get to plug into a different version of reality that either empowers you or disempowers you. And I think when we have great storytelling at school, it empowers us to come back home and be these um, lights that shine even brighter then you know the morning when, before we went to school. So I think yeah. school has a huge impact on the development of humans. And um, you know, following the development of these characters, and also following the development of AI and gamifications, do you maybe see that in the future of chemistry learning, people would actually choose a character where they yeah. get to play that character, and that becomes part of the learning process.
0: Yes, definitely. I, I that is a dream of mine. I have a, a, a lots of dreams with these characters. I would love for a, a child to say, you know, I would like to be one of the psychedelic sulfurs and see what it's like to be a psychedelic sulfur and be singing a duet with cadmium and watch yellow come back in into the world, the color yellow. Yeah, I love that idea of using AI and virtual reality and augmented reality and allowing um, a student to become a character and experience the world through that element. And I have other characters that are molecules. So through that molecule or through that element, I think that would just be so cool and so powerful.
1: How have you seen the gamification at schools at the moment and the application of AI? Because, you know, a lot of big platforms are talking about it, but are we close to it, to adopting it, or are we a long way from it? from having that in the classroom?
0: I'm really fuzzy on where that is right now. Um, For right now, I'm in classrooms uh, with the comic books right now in fourth and fifth grade classrooms. And we're using, we've kind of taken the pendulum swing the other way. I feel like until the AI and all of that is dialed in, the imagination is the next best thing, right? So I think the computer screen, even with three-dimensional animation, is the worst of those two worlds. I think we're either in our minds, in our imaginations, or we've got a fully developed equivalent experience of that in AI. And I think right now we're kind of in this mediocrity with you know a digital age. And I think the digital age, for me, what I'm trying to accomplish is a dark age. So right now I'm resisting um, anything until it's great. And then when it's great, I want to launch you know, all the AI, virtual reality, all of that with these characters. But until then, these characters survive better in a child's imagination than they do anyplace else.
1: Have you heard any ideas from your students about the development of these characters and where you can take those stories?
0: Oh, sure, yeah, they're always asking me questions and wondering about things. And um, I love hearing their different iterations. And we have um, many more comic books planned and sometimes I'll listen to them and, and they'll say, Dr. Kelly, do they ever go to Egypt? I'm <laughs> like, well, they might. <laughs> so they love the global aspect of the comic books because they travel all over the world and through time. And so, and that's an age-old theme in children's literature. And that has, that's, everything that I write is timeless because it's based on literature that is timeless. Um, so 1927, or yeah, I'm sorry, 1727, Pirates of the Caribbean, that's been around forever. Everybody loves a good pirate story. So We have a great pirate story. You know, we have a rock concert, which is seems to be, music seems to be a timeless theme. We have other things that are, you know, something, a a specific time in history, the radium girls, that's happened in the 1920s. And that will always be a pivotal part in chemistry history. So I think I try to pick things that I know will survive. And they can evolve into AI in different formats. But the storytelling itself is is like the folklore of, you know, from our ancients.
1: Yeah. And Even looking at the characters, they're very authentic and they have different colors, different shapes, different forms. And when you think about every human on planet Earth, we're the same. We each have different colors, we each have different figures and sizes and our voices sometimes are loud, sometimes they're small, sometimes, you know, we can sing The, the beautiful voices. Sometimes we can sing and it's embracing that authenticity that truly empowers us and leaves that imprint of this is who I am and it's not about being the same even if we think about all of chemistry it's because we have all these different elements that chemistry is doing it's magic if it was was all the same there wouldn't be a reaction (laughs) yeah yeah is that something that has impacted your audience engaging with the differences? Has it made an impression on them that, you know, they're different, but it's allowing them to express themselves more authentically?
0: One of the magical things that happens with the comic books in the classroom is the the kids or the students pick a character to be, and they read aloud to each other in groups of two or three or four. And one might say, I'm gonna be Poppy, you be Ray, you be Granny Eve, and they, they pick a character and and when i witness that it almost well it does it makes me want to just tear up because it's so beautiful but what is really fun is that means that if if they pick to be big ox that's who they're identifying with on that day and it's so great like they're picking a character that they want to be and no person no human looks like big ox and I love that too, because they're they're picking the character based on not how they look or how they want to look. There's it's about a soulful connection to that character. So if they want to be Cobalt, who's kind of a layback backup singer, then great. Or, you know, Led Z, who's kind of had her days gone by as a old time rocker, then they can be Led Z. So I love that they can connect with the characters that I created on that day and see themselves in that character. And then maybe it changes the
1: next day. It's the energy. Yes. I love that. Yeah. There's so many applications that this can be used. And it's not just chemistry. I think you're setting an example for a lot of industries where they can apply that to their way of teaching because... Once again, there is a keyword here that they're picking that character based on what resonates on the day. So it can allow teachers to have better understanding of how their students are feeling. And yes. even if you think about this in the workplace one day, we're not made to feel the same way every single day. And we have, you know, we experience ups and downs in life. But when we have these characters that allow us, and maybe this is one of the aspects of the metaverse and AI that, that might be actually beneficial where we can customize our avatars based on how we're feeling. But in the real world, maybe you pick a different t-shirt color. I don't don't know. That's probably the best way to, you know, customize how you're feeling, but you don't wear a headband that says, today I'm sad or today I'm happy. And so we usually have to guess because we've gotten very great at masking how we're feeling. So I think this is one way to not have to wear masks because we have characters to help us express ourselves a little bit better.
0: I agree. I love. I love that for the metaverse. I think that's and that's where I want to embrace full on when when that's ready to go. And I, I think it's almost there. And I think that will be our leap as we'll go from paper comic books to the metaverse,
1: possibly. Although there's something about paper and having the books printing, holding them. There's there's a magic in that as well. There's just something very unique with the relationship that you have with this. Because I think when you've created something with your energy embedded into it, whenever a person engages with something that you've created, they engage with your energy. And I think digital energy doesn't travel the same way as, you know, when something is truly a a product of your own mind and your heart. So I think there will always be a place for these paper resources
0: yes i i agree and i always say that the paper or comic books i say it in a positive way that they have to do the heavy lifting like i will always keep them because they're always going to be the foundation they're they're what everything is is built on and i i can't tell you how much i love watching kids curled up together in close proximity and there's this empathic exchange they might stumble over a word when they're reading together and they help each other out with the word or talk about it and it's it's really this sitting down and reading with friends on the same literally on the same page is energetically just so beautiful and i love watching that and that's as much as i love hearing them talk about chemistry i love just watching them read together
1: yeah i mean molecular literacy as a way to understand our world Once again, everything is connected. Chemistry is just one way that we can explain and understand the world. That is why some of the education isn't doing its job, because it's still dividing the subjects when they're all created to work in unison, in some sort of fusion that allows us to just understand we're moving through different classrooms, different subjects, but each of them should give us more of understanding as to what's happening and how we can access our untapped potential to empower even more people as we go forward. With your story, you've definitely tapped into that potential that's within you in order for you to uh, be on this journey and to have created these beautiful resources. So let's take a look at your Renee Sober chart yeah. and see more about your soul purpose starting with your name. Obviously, there's 12 houses, there's 12 signs and within one's natal word chart, you have this compilation. These um, houses and these elements are in a different mix based on who you are, based on your consciousness, and numerology can also give us some guidance. So within your name, we have C and K. C corresponds to number three, which is the path of communication. So Leading with authentic expression of your ideas. And with K, uh, that leads to number two. So that's the path of resources, creating resources that inspire authenticity in others. And then we have a surprise element. when we have There's a zero. I like to call it as a surprise element. But so far, this takes us to life path five, which is the path of creativity, the path of oh. entertainment, yeah. recreation, children, and play. And I like to call this a perfect path for being in, in the education system because there is something around this path that just awakens the inner child that awakens that innocence that we lose as we live because it's a path where you get to be that adventurous spirit that creates and connects and plays a lot more than other paths so does it resonate so far yeah so far perfect <sighs> fantastic and now we have the four main elements, earth, air, water, and fire. And you happen to have all of them in your main six aspects of your natal birth chart. <laughs> so the first element is Gemini. So that's for your sun sign. That's for your higher self identity. And it's in the 10th house, which is the house of success, achievement, career recognition, and public life. And with Gemini, this is the sign that has the biggest kind of fame for being a a great communicator, a great speaker, somebody who generates a lot of ideas, and they're usually in their element when they're exchanging those ideas, when there's always a conversation happening. So you would see a lot of big motivational speakers having that sign within their sun sign, and that is how they rise to their full potential within their lifetime. And your existing identity, the moon sign, which is more of the hidden aspect of your personality, is Virgo in the first house. So first house is connected to leadership, it's connected to your identity and self-expression, but it's it has to do with more of you being in the spotlight and you leading with yourself. And because it's an earth sign, it it has to do with actions. So a leader that naturally assumes what needs to be done because they know it on a deep level. They know exactly what needs to be done. They can assign tasks. They're natural born leaders in that sense. But because that is your existing identity, that means that the more you focus on Gemini in your in the 10th house and sharing those ideas, the more you're going to rise to your full potential within this lifetime. They're both you, but the more you share these ideas, the more you're going to align with that with what your consciousness desires for you to do, which is tap into that untapped potential. And then we have the South Node and the North Node. So the South Node is the existing knowledge that essentially you're here to rely on and use and unlock. And it's Scorpio in the fourth house. So the fourth house has to do with the home, the family, the psychology, and the subconscious mind. So you can understand people's motivation. You can understand what drives them, what makes them happy, what makes them excited a little bit more. And this leads to very huge emotional intelligence, especially with Scorpio. This is one of the deepest water signs in terms of their understanding of the world. They might be more quiet, more reserved, but their understanding of the world is tremendous. More than they can actually put into words, usually. And with your North Note in Taurus in the 10th house, again, this is more of a grounding sign. So you're here to create a lot of resources. This is... I like to call it the manifesting energy of the earth signs, especially as a North node. You're essentially here on this learning path of creating a legacy of resources that is paired with the 10th house in Gemini. So your ideas are driving whatever you're creating because you already have the understanding of what motivates people. You know how to lead them. And now you're here to create those resources, maybe to empower them to be the leaders in their own life. When we know who we are, When we master ourselves we naturally become the leaders of our life doesn't mean that we have to lead huge communities but the fact that we can show up every single day and be a better version of ourselves be reliable partners and be loving and caring that is you being your leadership energy where you can have that role model face for the rest of the world and finally we have the rising sign and the venus sign both with fire energy so we have leo for the rising sign and aries for the venus sign so your natural communication style, the way that you present yourself is always going to be with your purpose, with your passion. It's always going to be driven by what excites you, what motivates you. And with your Venus sign, that's how you form the partnerships in your life, whether it's business partnerships or friendships, your soul tribe, because it's the ninth house, you're naturally going to be driven towards, or you're going to bond with people that care about higher education, mind expansion, and going on these adventures, these journeys, because this is the house that is connected to learning and growth, but it's, it's growth that helps advance humanity and helps you advance your own self. If the sixth house has more to do with self growth and habits and actions, this is the house that actually gets people together. Hey, how can we improve this? How can we change something in the system? How can we do something about it? how can we leave an imprint of what we've done for the next generations pass on that torch but it's very much driven by, by that spirit of that initial spark that's within you that you found it's always going to be there it's always going you're always going to be led by your passion for life any surprises
0: no this is it, it's fantastic and thank you thank you thank you so much for putting this together it's it's also inspiring right like it it's helpful to to have this kind of understanding uh, of what it is I'm feeling and and laid out in this format. So thank you.
1: I'm more than happy to, I mean, it's a fantastic journey that you've created out of your potential so far. I think that's the best way that I can sum it up, like the, the fact that you have chosen to pursue the invisible spark within you, that passion. That is the trust, that is the fate, and I, a lot of people don't know how to do that, but you are you're just leading by example with your life by trusting that which cannot be seen because usually when we have these huge ideas, we have to believe in them because we cannot even explain them to people. The vision is yep. within us, and we have to trust it even if we cannot fully take it out of us, so we take it step by step, step by step. but you've already channeled so much of your potential into the world that it's it's visible that you know that vision. Was always real. (laughs) You could just see it before everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so to sum it all up, you're here to be an authentic ambassador of knowledge. So be a messenger of innovation and plant seeds of inspiration for the future generations to bloom into better humans. And being a messenger comes from the sun sign, planting the seeds comes from the north node, because these are actual resources, these are actual things that people can engage with. So it's a little bit more concrete, something that they can pick, something they can attend, engage with. So that's how the two energies differ. Then the surprise element is to awaken higher levels of emotional intelligence in your students, in your audience, within the people that you connect with. Because your moon sign is that grounded presence, that leader that leads with actions, but your south note points to a lot of emotional depth that you probably can understand situations better than other people. So you now have that responsibility of creating almost like pathways for them to guide them. And you're here to enlighten and lead a more inspired and educated world. So... Connect using your inner drive for positive change and collaborate with like-minded individuals to create purpose-driven resources for the future generation, which again ties back to the North note. The Earth energy is always something in the physical world, but it also has to do with actions as well. So. I think you've, you're very much aligned with your purpose and yeah. especially being that communicator, being in front of students every single day and inspiring them. That is you acting with your sun sign and sharing those ideas. And especially because being an authentic ambassador of knowledge means that your ideas are going to be different. You're inspiring other people to embrace their authentic self, which I think is priceless because the world becomes a better place when we all embrace what makes us us.
0: When I was younger, I there was always this thread of alignment because I, I loved chemistry because of the stories and the molecular and you know when I stepped into my first classroom unexpectedly, chemists by training are trained to do research. And when you are hired by a university, they say, Oh, by the way, you'll need to teach. And I thought, Oh, this'll be fun. And boy, did that just light me up. And and it was unexpected. I wasn't trained to be a teacher. Um, I was seeking an understanding of this invisible molecular world through research and other things. And then to be at a university where you're teaching mm-hmm. and then really seeing, wow, this is just, yeah. My, my classroom experiences and, and the stories and the joy that I have from decades of student interacting with students is, is really profound in my life.
1: Yeah. You weren't trained to be a teacher. You were born to be one. That's the difference. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, I agree with that because I, 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 I it was quite natural for me and I was quite effective and I was just having a blast with it. So I would agree that I was born to be a teacher.
1: The experiences that have made us the happiest, most excited to be alive. That is where we can find more about our purpose. Even if we don't know anything about our natal birth charge, we intuitively know what makes us happy, what brings us meaning. I think it's that fear should I follow it? That that usually is what blocks people, that fear of rejection, that fear of uh, well, what are people going to say or that fear of what if I'm not good enough and all these limiting beliefs that we're constantly working through. Because on some level, we always know, it, it's just that fear that makes the next step seem so much bigger than it actually is. Yes.
0: Yeah, I would have to cre- credit mentors for helping me stay in this path because when I finished... I I understood about college and that it existed. So when I finished with my degree in chemistry, I was working with the female chemist who is a a professor. And she said, you should go to graduate school. And I didn't even know what it was. (laughs) And I said, okay. And I didn't like, she just said, you should go to graduate school. Okay. And I just knew that you could do more chemistry if you did that. And uh, she said, you should, you know, look at this person or that person to work with for your research. So I picked one of those and that worked out great. And then I had a blast. That was so much fun. And then when I finished that, my advisor at that time or my mentor said, well, you should do a postdoc. Okay. I didn't know what that was, but okay. That sounds fun too. So all along, I've had these guardian angels that appeared as mentors to kind of just put the seed in my ear. And Mm -hmm. I laughed because I didn't even question it. I just said, oh yeah, sure. That sounds good. (laughs) so and here I am so uh, a lot of times I get questions from students about my path and it's it's difficult to describe when you've just always trusted I don't know that soul or yeah the invisible Mm -hmm. to you know this how did you know I'm like well I just listened but listened internally not listened externally
1: yeah you embodied the spirit of (laughs) Ray. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. And you said it perfectly. We're going to have these garden angels being sent on our path, these mentors to guide us, especially in moments where we need to take a left turn or a right turn. Yes. The need of inspiration is going to be planted so that in the moment where you need to make that decision, you're going to know exactly what to do because it's going to be in alignment. It's going to feel good. And I like to call that divine assistance, divine interventions. Yeah. And they usually appear exactly at the right time yes but it's important to say that one is not born to their purpose one steps into their purpose obviously we have a calling in our life we have a path that maybe we co it. maybe it's assigned to us we don't know everything we're trying to figure out things we're trying to trust and the more we trust the more we understand but it's our steps it's the steps that we take every single day the decisions that we take every single day ultimately we can be victims of our circumstances where we can choose to rise above them every single day. It doesn't mean that life you know, is perfect, but we're changing our perspective around where we are in life. And that empowers us to dream bigger, to act bigger. And that allows us to unlock more of our potential because as I like to say, Earth is a school and we're learning every single day how to ace it.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And so Kids Chemical mm-hmm. Solutions was born to help build molecular literacy in the world. What is the vision? What are the next steps? What are you planning to do this year? Are you considering sharing this outside of the classroom? So creating workshops maybe for parents or you know inviting people of all ages to start engaging with studying about chemistry like that.
0: Yes, for me, it's really important. And I often say this, that the ages that I'd like this to be available for are eight to 108. Mm-hmm. And because I want to be inclusive, and I think intergenerational learning is really important. And I know from my background, I'm the only person in my family that has an understanding of the molecular world. And, you know, I am misunderstood because of what I embrace in my purpose. And so at a family gathering, you know, there's this, they understand I teach, but beyond that. And so there's this disconnect. And I I think on a personal level, you know, embracing that intergenerational learning from younger to older is really important. And I think on a global level, molecules are being judged. So often you hear sugar is bad, water is good. Well, water kills a lot of people. There's hurricanes and tsunamis and drowning and floods, right? And so I think this labeling of molecules then leads to us labeling each other, and it all comes from a place of misunderstanding. We know that literacy and reading about the world helps us to understand each other, and I think molecular literacy is really an inherent tool, and that if we want to understand each other globally, if we can understand even molecules, and that molecules are neither good or bad, just like people are neither good or bad. I think that's really critically important to me and you know if i can just achieve that goal where we're really cognizant of what a molecule is and that just like people it can have good qualities and bad qualities but not to label it or judge i think we'll come to a better place of understanding with each other
1: yeah absolutely it's uh that two-dimensional thinking good or bad it's either good or it's either bad so you place something in a category and it makes you make sense of the world but it limits you. It gives you an instant gratification because you understand what's happening because you've labeled it, but that label is very limiting. And there is a lot of conversation around sugar, as you mentioned, uh, yeah. and a lot of people are trying to cut down on sugar because it's connected to certain uh, man-made diseases and certain conditions that could be reversed if we were to reduce the sugar and maybe understand how to consume sugar in a way that doesn't destroy cells and you know ages us prematurely and so on and so on and so on. But... It absolutely makes sense. Raising our consciousness, uh, uh, raising our understanding of the world around us will only help us operate within it in a more united way. Whether this has to do with us one-to-one conversations, whether it has to do with you know being in a classroom and people are a little bit more understanding of each other's differences, or it has yeah. to do with us not judging the elements and the molecules. <laughs> with, they're here to show us the way, they're here to show us how they operate so we can get to know them, we can get to know the world through them. Because there's a lot of misconception around astrology as well, numerology as well, spirituality as well. And there's a lot of judgment towards the things that we don't understand fully. And maybe what we're going to see this year and, you know, the next decade will be that increased understanding where we replace the small talk with the big talk and as you mentioned the family gatherings can be quite challenging for people that are truly on their soul purpose because they're aligned with their calling but that calling takes them closer to their soul tribe people that are also aligned with that calling so any other people that are not aligned with that it's almost like there is this barrier but maybe this is you know the more people embrace their calling the more people embrace their authenticity we're going to normalize when we get together we're not just going to follow the same script we're going to break the script and we're going to start fresh. We're going to ask questions that we've never asked before because it's time to learn. And the best learning happens when we're having fun, when we're playing. So maybe this is going to be how families in the future bond. They play one of your games or they talk about yeah. books. <laughs> yes, exactly. What is one thing that you would say to somebody who's considering the path of chemistry? Generally speaking, just the path of chemistry and understanding the world through increasing their own molecular literacy, because it might be challenging at first.
0: Yeah, I would say allow the playfulness in and allow the chemist as a whole. And, and when you're studying chemistry. Uh, this is my opinion, seem to embrace the serious, right? Like it's a serious subject and there's exact answers and there's, you know, the, the white lab coat and the goggles and all of that kind of like highlights the, the, even the costume for scientists, you don't see me wearing that. I never wear that. It's this, you know, this like exclusive club that's very serious. And and we've got to be very rigorous Mm -hmm. and robust. And that's the antithesis of what I think will allow people to become molecularly literate. So if you want to study it and you're in that environment, find a place to play, you know, in your imagination, find, find playfulness somewhere so that you can enjoy the journey. And I don't think anything is so serious that it becomes not fun. I don't even know what the word serious means really in this context, but I would encourage students to develop a deep understanding. And I think a deep understanding involves having fun and being playful and imaginative. And a deep understanding is also rigorous, right? A deep understanding is all of those things, but there's more than one path to a deep understanding. It doesn't have to just be painful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be linear as well. You're allowed to have stories right. and distractions because sometimes you need to learn something from outside source or yeah. an unlikely messenger. You never know who's who has that message for you that's going to allow you to move forward with increased understanding. But I think we add a lot of stress, unnecessary stress, because we're, we've been conditioned that we have to reach certain targets by a specific age and we have to conform to society's expectations we have to have the family the kids the house the pet and if we don't there's something wrong which is you know again an attempt to block our authenticity but usually what happens is you will have a calling we all have colleagues you will have that one person that one path that one purpose that just keeps you coming back to them and the more you resist them the more difficult your journey is going to be allow yourself to <laughs> Yeah, fall in love with the journey. Because if you were to judge a specific path, then maybe that's that's where you're going to find the biggest lesson. Why are you judging it in the first place? Why, yes. why do you yeah. believe that there's something to experience that's going to be beneficial to you? But, you know, I, I love that we get to get together and have these conversations. I think this is changing the way that we view even conversations among, you know, everyday conversations. Imagine a world where we get together and we talk about oxygen and sugar yeah yeah we've talked about the weather for too long (laughs) (laughs)
0: let's talk about more interesting
1: things well weather yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah (sighs) Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast Colleen thank you for sharing your beautiful story and for inspiring the world with your creativity with your insights with your purpose Thank you for believing in that vision and following it because we can now see part of the vision and it looks beautiful. It absolutely is amazing and it makes me want to go back to studying chemistry as I mentioned to you on our call earlier before the school started. I shared this with my sister and you know we started looking at the characters and coming up with storylines and you know looking yeah, at the characteristics. Cool. You're inspiring people globally with the work that you're doing
0: thank you thank you and i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for providing the the natal chart and all the aspects that's really powerful for me to see and um for those who are listening i hadn't seen that before so stella unveiled that as you saw it and it was really just a great moment for me to to see that and really embrace that it it solidifies you know sometimes we all have doubt right mm-hmm. doubt creeps in daily like am i doing the right thing or You know, should I do something else? Um, And to see that again is really fortifying is the way and nourishing. So thank you for
1: that. It's a confirmation from the universe. I'm just the messenger. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Colleen. I am wishing you a really successful year, 2024. This is just the beginning. Yes. Uh, I'm excited to see what new storylines your character is getting (laughs) through. Me too. I can't wait to unveil them. (laughs) What's the next destination? If it's not a secret, oh, it's
0: not a secret. It's it's one. It's just such my favorite. So um, they, Poppy and Ray, are trying to find the hiding molecules in a bottle of Chanel Number no. Five. Okay. So they go scuba diving. So they put on their mask and snorkel and their fins and go scuba diving around a giant bottle of Chanel Number no. Five and bump into all the molecules that are in that perfume and and try to create an understanding of how they work together to create that scent. So I love perfume and scents, so I could not wait to write one about perfume.
1: Love it. Looking forward to discovering it. Thank you for creating a better world with your creativity and authenticity.